I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, and with me as ever is Marit Larwood. Now, what you won't know, listeners, is that we, uh, just a few seconds ago, we probably did our best ever introduction to Film Fandango. It was dynamite. And then I noticed the record button wasn't, was flashing. It wasn't recording. So th- now you've got this introduction. <laughs> Which is sort of flappy and disappointed. And I, what happened in the previous introduction... <laughs> Well, it's wonderful. We were just zipping along. Well, David said, with me as ever, is Mary Larwood. And I wanted to get him to do more, oh, sound more and more, <laughs> more and more bored, which he did. Which is, can you give an example of that? With me as ever is Mary Larwood. And more bored. With me as ever is Mary Larwood. And then I asked him to do an impression of saying it, with me as ever is Mary Larwood, as if I was holding him hostage. And he was talking to you, the listener, down the phone. And he was trying to communicate. He was being held hostage. But to me, the hostage man, man he was trying to uh, sound normal. Can you do that again for me, David? With me as ever is Marrick Gunwood. Uh, bam, and he died. That's I what died. happened. That's what happened. It's never as, it's nothing's never as good, ever as good, good a second time, good. is it? Apart from... Well, um, that segues uh, nicely to our guest. Uh, <laughs> with us today is Mr Humphrey Carr Hello, if you think nothing is ever as good the second time What about the third time? <laughs> this is the third time I've been on the show Yeah, it's true You've been on it more than what three times What films have you brought previously? Previously, yeah, I brought Bridge Too Far Bridge Too Far, How to Train Your Dragon How to Train Your Dragon Wonderful, we talked about it last week And there was another wow. one that I was sitting there I didn't like Oh, what was that? Uh, it was Absolute Radio, you were talking about something I wonder what that was I feel like those are really the only two movies I've seen. It's hard to believe I've brought Do you even out. like films? They're okay. They're, they're no video games. Oh. <laughs> I, I had thought I was coming on Video Game Fandango. Oh, what would you have talked about then? Uh, well, what wouldn't I have talked about? There's so much to talk about. Have you played uh, GTA 5? I haven't, actually. I'm not no, really excited about, about GTA But Frogger 64. That I, have, uh, I will not stop playing. That. <laughs> I'm playing it right now on my iPhone. I'm playing it in my head continuously. <laughs> And losing again and again. I just, I just, <laughs> can't, I just so many dead frogs. Those logs are damn slippery, <laughs> <laughs> and all those cars coming down the other way. It's terrifying. There's something very psychologically bleak about playing a game over and over in your head and always losing. <laughs> yeah, especially such a simple game. That's probably one of the signs of a serial killer, isn't it? Constantly playing pong and losing. He seemed like such a nice guy, but he kept losing in his own mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he was so quiet and polite. Although he did keep going, God damn, slippery logs. I'm not quite all polite. 
No. No, well, that is true. Neither of those things. But you you're might be a psychopath. The jury's still out on you're that. You're one, one of those people that, like, the roving news reporters would be really thrown off by interviewing their neighbours and be like, oh, yeah, definitely saw that one coming. <laughs> I wonder if I did go mental and kill people. I'd like to see what people came out and said, what yeah, we well, always knew. What do you think your neighbours would say? Well, the thing about Marek uh, was he upstairs. never kept himself to himself. Well, I've got disputes with my neighbours because um, they're really noisy and it's a really bad... Previously, my previous neighbours flooded our hat flat, so we... Oh. we, we um, Had them killed. Yes. And the new neighbours, they've got a cat that knocks things around on the on their wooden floors at four o'clock in the morning. So I just shout out swear words. So probably what they know from me <laughs> is there's the ball guy downstairs who, while we're playing with our cat... Shout out expletives at four in the morning. Yeah, wow. So that's what they'd be there saying. We always thought he was very had a lot of anger inside him. Yeah, it's an open and shut case, really, isn't it? What would they say about you, Humphrey? Would say that you were, would people say you were a psychopath? I think. Well, or would, would you be the one that when they say, "Oh, he never, oh, such a, he was such a nice guy." Yeah, I like to think so. Well, I mean, at the moment, I live in my sister's attic, which which feels that's a like, good that's a good start. Feels like step one of things. Yeah. <laughs> does she does she know? <laughs> <laughs> She's loosely aware. I, I make her think I'm a ghost. How many holes have you drilled through the floor? Uh, well, none, none actually. But I do, I do hump the bed a lot. So eventually, <laughs> I imagine I would drill a hole through. Nice one. Hang on a minute. Is it a mattress just on the floor? Yeah. Because I thought if you're going to go through beds, are normally about. Yeah, they're, they're a long way off the ground. What's this um, got to do with films? Absolutely nothing. Shallow grave. You shallow guys. grave. A shallow it's grave. Like, it's like a shallow grave. And um, I think he's done well for himself, hasn't he? What? Shallow Grave? Uh, he was old, in Shallow old, uh, old Danny Shallow Grave Boyle. And what was the lady mm. in that? Uh, yeah, she's not done so well. What she, was that Claire Filani? I no. don't know. don't know her I name. I think she did quite well. Oh, did she? Am I thinking of, I'm thinking of the lady from Trainspot. I can certainly name Ewan McGregor and Christopher Eccleston. That's sad, isn't it? Yeah. I can even uh, name uh, Keith Allen. You can. <laughs> if you name him three times, he appears. Oh, oh no, that'd no be a nightmare. I'm Vindaloo. <laughs> Eric went to the cinema this week. It's a bit. I think we're on topic actually because the film I went to see was Prisoners. Prisoners, you ask? What's that about? It's not had a big push, has it? But I've seen. I've not even seen the trailer. I've seen some posters. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Jake Gyllenhaal. What's the worst thing? The Dream Team. Yeah. What's happening? What's the worst thing that could happen when you're having Thanksgiving? Okay, um, the turkey explodes. Hmm? The worse. turkey turns into the thing. Bit worse. Chestburster comes out the turkey. Uh, you go. You, it's in prison. May your children get kidnapped. Oh, yes, that was what? my next. That was going to be my next suggestion. Yeah, I didn't realize. I didn't mention you've got You're a family. Right, then there'll be far too much turkey. Then how are you supposed to eat all that stuff? And you really think, oh, we've got. We already had leftovers for a week. Marit, you know now how, it's two weeks. I hate waste. <laughs> yeah. I have to eat it all. <laughs> it's going to be off. And I, I mean, what can you do with a turkey? Turkey pie. Turkey cold meat salad. Turkey Alandian. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose actually it's not so bad after all. (laughs) There is a silver lining. So the prisoners uh, are his children. Okay, so there's two families. There are Hugh Jackman's family and also um, another family. Right. (laughs) Terence Howard. uh, You will recognise that. uh, He's been in lots of things. His family. Iron Man's. Friend, wasn't he, in the first Until movie. he was he's fired. Got, he's got a very uh, good face. Anyway, they're having Thanksgiving, a normal family thing. That, uh, their kids go missing. Oh, no. They uh, get the police involved. The police officer is played by uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Great, 
Buddy the dog is, is growling. It's almost as if he can tell there's a... A, a, a twist is coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the main suspect is played uh, by Paul Dano. You might know him. Paul in- Daniels. No, not Paul Dano. Although he would be, if he was seen, he would instantly be the prime suspect. <laughs> he goes straight to the top of the list. Paul Dano, who's in There Will Be Blood and um, Little Miss Shun- Sunshine. Oh, yes, yes, he's the um, the young preacher in uh, There Will Be Blood. Yes, he? and he's in Ruby Sparks more yes. recently. Um, he is the sort of mentally impaired suspect who's driving this uh, trailer van who becomes the, the main suspect. And um, it's all the aftermath of what happens with that. I hadn't really heard about this film, hadn't been pushed. This is a top, top film. Really? Brilliant. Oh, wow. Really great. Probably oh, good thriller. Really brilliant. Some really great acting. Jake Gyllenhaal is really interesting. When he tries to play someone normal, yeah. I don't buy it. Because, you know, his breakthrough film was Donnie Darko, I yes. suppose. And in Source Code, he's very good. Prince of Persia, I totally believe he's Persian. But he, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's got these eyes that he looks... Persian eyes. It's a bit like Zodiac, this film. It feels, yeah, like yeah. A, it feels like a tighter version of Zodiac. Even though it's two hours and 26 minutes long, which I thought, oh, no, this is going to be a real slog. A real... I th- when I thought it's going to be a real, sort of, oh, actors doing their actory thing slog. It's brilliant. Really, really great. Lots of twists in it. Jake Gyllenhaal is great as a quirky... Uh, that detective who is a bit off kilter he plays it perfectly cool. I think he does a really great performance Hugh Jackman's really good the cast are great uh, oddly enough Paul Dano who plays who's trying to play a romantic lead in Ruby Smarks, yeah. Sparks is more sinister playing a romantic lead <laughs> than he is playing a possible uh, he, he's pedophile he's a sinister suspect. actor isn't he I mean, he's he got plays that... this really well I think uh, it, it's odd it's a twist there are lots of twists going on there it's an epic film um there's lots of things going I got what happened the main thing I guessed it uh, sort of halfway through okay it's just a really good thriller a good long uh, it's really the weather's a really good part in this you know they've got the whole sort of autumn the fall feel they've got the rain coming down the snow the whole everything's quite bleak it's graded in that sort of uh, sort of Nordic noir grade everything's got lost its colour um the characters feel like they're three dimensional characters there are a lot of asked a lot of moral questions where you put yourself in and think, "Oh, what would I do?" What well, just keeps you interested in the film? Was Hugh Jackman good? Because I, I'm sort of. Are I, you the your jury out on Hugh Jackman? No, I'm not jury out. I think he's solid. I think he's solid and good and dependable. I've never seen him sort of excite me or do anything particularly interesting. What's he been in? Hugh Jackman. Uh, uh, the what have you seen him in? The Wolverine stuff. Right, he's a metal robot. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He's also that's in the right. in the fighting thing, Pure Steel. Is he in that one? Um, uh, well, he's the big ro- metal robot. In that. Uh, no, he's real not. Steel. Real Steel. He's he's the uh, the father of the robot. Right. Um, the Prestige. He plays. Um, yes, uh, Lamez. He plays Victorian Wolverine. How right. can you not know Hugh Jackman? You're making mucking him out, aren't you? <laughs> I'm, I am. Kate and Leopold. You'll have seen. That's it, Kate. Le- I'm with you. Yes, Kate Leopold. He plays the. He plays Leopold. Yeah, he Do you not like Leopold. Hugh Jackman? No, I actually, I, I really like him. I think he's, he's like, it, you know, I hated Les Miserables, but I sort of, I thought he was a good. I thought he was the best thing in it, basically. Yeah. I know went to Anne Hathaway's big wobbly face. That was sort of widely admired as the best part of that. I don't I, understand that either. Twenty minutes like of him. just trying to cry, and everyone craps their pants. Yeah. Anyway, that's a different film. Yeah. I, I think Hugh Jackman, for me, is solid in yeah. this. I, I love The Prestige. I think it's excellent. I, I, I had no idea that you were going to say this film is properly good. I might go and see it. To, for me, my guess was going to be it was going to be around a sort of similar quality to Trespass. You know, that Nicole Kidman um, 
Nicolas Cage uh, thriller that you just awful. Right. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, for, I'm not that spoiled. I mean, I heard I'd heard that it was I'd heard from people in the states that it was very good. Or like, I've read cool. some reviews and stuff that it's done very well in America because it, I, I watched the trailer and was like. I mean, movies like that, just if it doesn't have an animated dragon in it or people crossing a bridge, I'm not interested. Well, but... your, your proclivity for dragon films, we were talking about this last week, and uh, Flight of Dragons, uh, with the exceptions of Flight of Dragons and How to Train Your Dragon, hard-pressed to pick a good dragon movie. Have you yeah. seen Flight of Dragons? No, I haven't. What is Flight of Dragons? The best, my it's f- number one film. favourite film of all time. Really? Best dragon animation ever. I can't believe it. See, this is what we were talking about last week. Yeah, yeah, we were. On episode 100, that big anticlimax episode. It was. <laughs> Um, well, maybe we shouldn't go into it in too much detail, but off air, perhaps you could tell. Yeah, me yeah, about yeah. That. Well, yeah. well Marion can maybe lend it to you. I can tell you a lot of stuff off air. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> if only people have what we've been talking about before before the, the microphone started rolling. Wow. That's how it works. No. Well, for, this, for the first time. We can, you can never go back. You can never go back. How many Marricks would you give prisoners? I give it nine. Nine Marricks? It's really great this nine film. Nine out of ten Marricks? Yeah. Wow. It's really great. I'm really impressed. Um, it's just done really well. It is direct- Who's the director? The director is um, Dennis Villeneuve. I don't know if he's related... Or Denise Villeneuve. I don't know if they're related to um, Jack Villeneuve, the Formula One driver. Maybe. Possibly. He's previously... I don't really know anything he's directed before. Maelstrom. I think he's... Where's he from? Sounds French to me. Uh, oh. His brother's um, French-Canadian. <laughs> Good to know what his brother is. I don't is. know. I think this is a really a surprise hit. I was going in with no. The problem is, I get. I think expectations have a huge play, a huge factor huge, for me, and yeah. I had nothing on this. And the trailer, you think it's an average thriller? I thought it's just like oh, it's just a competent thriller that mm. with Hugh Jackman being he's a sort of pair of safe hands. Jake Gyllenhaal is also becoming that sort of pair of, of a bit more quirky pair of safe hands, but. Um, I sort of dealt with a lot of issues. There's a lot going on about uh, what is whether what is morally right and wrong, and when you put yourself in a situation as parents of who whose uh, children have been kidnapped, what lengths will you go to, and how do you justify certain behaviour? There's a lot of questions it asks, which are interesting, which a lot of standard thrillers may shy away from. Okay, it's right, certainly a, a step above Taken. The, uh, so much better. The so uh, much be- my children wait, have whoa, been wait. kidnapped genre. Wait, whoa, 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 wait! I mean, surely I mean, you can't judge those two films against. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa those whoa, 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 those whoa, whoa, whoa. two uh, child kidnapped films. We just hit another films. movie that I like. Uh, Taken Two. Have it. you seen Taken Two? Taken Two is is totes BS, but Taken One is. <laughs> I I d- I didn't mind Taken Two, but nothing happens. Yeah, his his uh, his wife and daughter get kidnapped again, and he gets them back. Seemingly in one long sequence, it has no, it has no dynamics at all. There's no up or down. It's just like he's just chasing them, and then ultimately yeah. he wins. The end. Um, I, I put Taken into that like sort of you know transporter crank. Like it's a whole subgenre of movies where you can't really they exist outside the spectrum, the, the Marek spectrum. The spectrum, Marek spectrum sounds a bit like some sort of autistic. Uh, world. It, it definitely or an, does. It, or a. Or an abandoned computer project of yours. Um, oh, yeah. It's an incredible sci-fi movie. The Marrick Spectrum. Spectrum. Everyone's bored and looks like me. Um, this is not in the... Where's Taken is the wrong side of, re- of reality. You know, yeah. it's, this is in the other side. Okay. It's in the big drama side of a thriller. Cool. Well, I might go and see it. Yeah. I would great. really recommend it. If you've got 
if you want, if it's raining for three hours, or you need to get yourself off the streets for a long period of time. <laughs> the most ringing endorsement in, in the cinema yeah, world. Yeah, go, go to uh, see Prisoners. Brilliant. All right. I'm in. Well, middle section. Um, we haven't done it in a while, but we thought we'd do the <laughs> challenge again. Uh, we've had what is the challenge? The challenge is where we cast, uh, recast a, a famous movie with people of uh, the current day. Um, we've had a request from um, at WeebleNY. That's Anne Coletta, I think. Um, for, on Twitter, who's asked us to recast The Shining. So that's exactly what we're going to do. And Humphrey, if you could uh, be arbiter of our decisions. I shall. And I'm going to be the, the judge dread of the challenge. Yes, but the uh, the ultimate failure or success of our new movie is now on your shoulders. So yeah. there's a lot of pressure. And by the way, I wasn't joking when I said I'll be judge dread. Whoever oh, loses, I will shoot a high X round in their head. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Hi X. I love that film. Um, have you signed the petition to get a sequel made? I have actually. Me too. I never bothered doing things like that, but I did because I love the first one. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't help her prisoners we of war, but I help her. Yeah. I help the career of uh, Carl Urban. Well, I feel like we're more able to sway backers of a relatively low-budget sci-fi movie than we are the government of Bhutan. <laughs> it's fair enough. Um, so, yeah, what do you sign? You say you, you don't. That's the only thing you sign petitions for for films, not for actual people. I don't talk about my charity work, Marek. You know that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it gets really embarrassing oh, really quick. Ninety-seven percent <laughs> of your life is spent helping some people. I am never off the Amnesty International website. Yeah. Trolling I mean, those people. <laughs> Those people being you held. Bunch of pricks. Those people being held kidnapped. Actually, stop. Said to you, can you stop writing letters now? Because <laughs> they're getting too many. I feel like it's counterproductive. Yeah, you're annoying them. Yeah, yeah you're a bit, bit The too... last thing these people need is you asking for favours off them all the time. You've got nothing to say. He writes up one every day. I mean, nothing's there. I watch TV. It's getting really bored. It's like a fourteen-year-old's diary. <laughs> <laughs> right, The Shining. So, uh, Marek, do you want to go first? Can Should we just we, go for... Uh, we're doing Nichols- the three characters of um, Jack Torrance, orig- uh, played by uh, Jack Nicholson in the Kubrick original. Um, who's, sorry, who's Jack Nicholson? He is... Um, he have you seen Mars Attacks? Yes. Well, he plays both the president and oh. the owner of that casino. Done. Yeah. Okay, I know who it is. Then um, Wendy, his wife, is played by Shelley Duvall. Yeah. Know. You know her? And then we have uh, the uh, man with the shining powers who tells Danny about it, played by the Steve old, Mankerothers. The, summer, the, the caretaker. Yes, the caretaker. What's Dick his name? Dick Halloran. Dick Halloran. Okay, those are the three people we're going okay. for. We decided not to go for Danny because he's a child actor and who knows their names. Yeah. Um, My problem is with the original Shining, I think... I mean, I share these no opinions with, Sti- with, yeah, with, Sti- with my good friend Stephen King. Yeah. Instead, um, I'm reading the sequel... Oh. Right now, to start reading it, Dr. it's very Sleep. different. Yeah, very different. Um, I don't, I don't rate Jack Nicholson's performance in this controversially. Interesting. I think he, I think he spoils it. I where, love where, it. Whereas one for the cuckoo's nest, he gets it just right. He's so big in this, he's comical. He, he's the reason the Shining's not more scary. I'm not scared when Jack Nicholson. You can't there. argue me down off this because it it has such a sort of uh, influential part of my psyche from seeing it when I was five years old. That I uh, oh yeah, we've talked about this. But, I don't uh, I don't think he's scary because he's too comical in it. It ruins it for me. He's just playing. It, it's like watching Jack Nicholson in a scary film rather than the right, uh, the character he's playing. Yeah, JCVD. John Claude Van Damme film. Oh, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. I do think that. I think it's him d- just doing his Jack Nicholson mad thing 
and that's but it works. Although it's in, a brilliant it works film. in Tim Burton's Batman very well. It works in yeah, uh, but Batman's a bit like that anyway. That comic, he's yeah, it, yeah. It work, you can see it will work in that. Yeah, that's got that heightened thing. So let's I, go for uh, Dick Halloran first. Oh, can we go for no, last? Well, oh, right, is that so the I haven't got mine one? yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go for Jack, uh, uh, Jack Torrance first. Okay. okay. It's really obvious, my one, but who could have played this and made it a hundred times scarier? And possibly, who would have made this the best film of all time? Oh, is this going to be who I think it is? Yeah, Christopher Walken. Oh, no, it's not. Okay, interesting. Imagine so- him in the dead zone, which is a similar sort of character of someone going gradually mad. Yeah. Uh, another Stephen King book where he plays someone who can see into the future um, when he touches people can see in their lives. I think Chris Walker's performance in that and him at that age was brilliant. And him playing... What Chris Walker, he can do when, he, when he's playing it really normal and just... He looks scary. Yeah. So he doesn't have to even try and do that menace. Him in The Shining, I know it's an obvious choice, I think would have knocked just, it out of the park. I just imagine him doing Weapon of Choice around the corridors. <laughs> yeah, um, has, has uh, Fat Boy Slim ruined his chances of ever being legitimately considered... Kill the twins, they're dead. Um, I've gone for somebody I think can do anything. I think he's absolutely brilliant, but his villains are potentially so chilling. He's just got such a weird look to him, but he can also play the good guy very, very well. Is Willem Dafoe? Yeah, yeah. good choice. I think he would be. I think they're both really good to watch. I mean, the, the the only modern one who. Um, I was going to say... Uh, a younger person. Yeah, the guy who played the bad guy in Superman. Oh, um What's his yes. name with the scary eyes? His name is Michael... Something. Sarah. Michael Shannon. That's it, yeah. From Boardwalk Empire. I've not seen either Boardwalk Empire or Man of Steel. He's a, but... He is amazing is he in good? Boardwalk Empire. He's, he's good in Man of Steel, but yeah, I think he's... Yeah, Michael Shannon would be... But well, that, he's not... He's not that, No, he's not, but he would be, he would he would be, be good, good for like a modern day. Yes. Okay, so between Christopher Walken and Willem Dafoe, who are you going to go for? God, it's tough. This game is tough. It is Being tough. Judge Dredd, I didn't realise how difficult it was <laughs> until now. But I can I just, just say kudos on your impression of him? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I got this close to playing Judge Dredd uh, in the movie. Uh, well, Dredd, as he just often goes by. Um, I think, well, first he's not, of all... He's I, not Sir Ben Kingsley. He doesn't insist <laughs> everyone calls him Judge. <laughs> Dredd. Um, the first of all, I'm very disappointed that no one's offered up Ron Perlman, who should always be the first <laughs> choice for everything. I picked him for. Um, uh, oh, sorry, Ron Perlman. I was thinking of Ron Swanson. Oh um, yeah, Nick Hoffman. Oh my god, he'd be amazing. Uh, okay. Marrick complained when I picked him for Eeyore yeah, in the that, Winnie the Pooh movie because he didn't know TV who he was. Debate, he's not, TV. He's been in so right, many right. films. He's been in quite a lot of movies. Anyway, uh, anyway, I am going to select Christopher Walken. I'm afraid okay. because I, well, I know what you mean. Both of them. In resting mode, as it were, in goody mode, Willem Dafoe still scares me so much. <laughs> that I, I think that I need... Walken is terrifying, but... You need the transition. Yeah, I, I think he... Yeah, he creeps me out slightly more. Who, Walken? Yeah, I think he's I scarier still, than Dafoe. It's interesting. Well, Dafoe, Dafoe, I think, is, uh, you're right, he's just got something so creepy about him. Mm. But um, I saw him in The Hunter recently. Which, Great film. Brilliant, but he is just... Joe Normal in that. Yeah. It's wonderful. He's really good. Oh, it's great. Uh, but yeah, no, no I can see. I mean, he's 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 brillo. I think I think the thing about him is Christopher Walken has something ethereally scary about him. He feels there's a touch of the the sort of fae about him, as it were, sort of you know the Hessian. 
the the headless horseman. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's the other thing. He's been in one of my other favorite movies of all time ever. So he gets points for that. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. That's what you brought in the other as well. Was it? I think it might. Yeah, yeah. Been. I love Sleepy Hollow. It's a great film. It's a, it's a, it's one of my faves. Um, and it's pre bullshit Burton. Yeah. Uh, so yes, Walking is my choice. Okay, we're now going for Wendy. Uh, the now this was really controversial because st- st- I'm just banging on about Steve I saw an interview with him and he really hated the I think Shelley Duvall was brilliant in it I think she's wonderful but he said that it was a really two dimensional character she had to play what sh- What? Is- I haven't read the book what she like she's a book? lot more powerful and a lot okay. stronger okay and he thought it was really misogyni- uh, misogynistic this portrayal of in for terms that she just screamed what, the whole time but what she's doing makes it so I much thought- creepier I mean it's just like how vulnerable and trapped she is really helped to the the sort of I think the car I think she her face is phenomenal in this. I know. And also Scatman Quellers who we're gonna cast as well. I think this those two are almost impossible to replace because they're yeah, perfect. They are perfect. Perfect casting. But it's interesting you should say that. I've gone for somebody who is a bit more headstrong. Mm-hmm. Um I've gone for someone who's been in a uh, Stephen King adaptation before as well. Okay. In the uh, T V movie Tommyknockers. Yeah, yeah. I've gone for Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. I'm a big fan of, of Moro. I've got Alan Moore, of course. Of for course. a modern actress, you can do vulnerable very well and tough. Uh, in the American Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, she played Rooney Mara, mm-hmm. who's got a great face as well. Who's got that face that can be vulnerable and sort of clever. I think Would she be married range. to Christopher Walken from the past rather than Christopher yes, Walken Yes, I'm now. thinking of Christopher Walken Dead Zone. Okay. Sort of... Uh, uh, 80s walk yeah probably uh, yeah mid 80s walk and yeah okay well um, I think I'm going to have to come down and it looks like I'm just I'm trying to keep everyone happy here but I'm going to go with Julianne Moore because I love Julianne Moore I think she's amazing I think she does and uh, I think she has that sort of I know she's got a bit she's got more gravitas for me than Rooney Mara and I think that's a nice thing to be able to kind of play with Maverick's destroyed yeah, I think he really takes I, these decisions I, badly do you know what because I, I, I thought I the could rest see of the podcast are right off now just so you know <laughs> what yeah. you didn't see then obviously listeners is that David's eyes he realised when I said Rooney Mara oh, that's a more adventurous and probably the better choice so he looked like he resigned himself I'm to not, losing I've not seen Rooney Mara do anything well yeah, well you're not going to wait well. if you were a casting director you never would give her the bloody chance mate yeah yeah no I'm probably a YouTuber or something very good. Before I Look said at no, her, her commercial is showreel. Okay, <laughs> yeah, she does some fantastic uh, Kleenex adverts. Let's say, sure. Um, right, it all comes down to um, decider. Dick Halloran oh. or ha- ha- Hannah Hanaran, Hanaran, Scatman Crothers. Um, do you want me to go first? So you can yeah. think of something. Um, this is your chance to steal it, Mary. I've gone for someone I would like to see in a film. <laughs> okay, <laughs> who I think's got a bit of charisma. And uh, and uh, could play that part. Uh, you have to imagine somebody who can really uh, get away with cutting to them in their bedroom that's covered in seventies pornography. He's <laughs> so Chris good Tucker. in this film. He's yeah, so he's good. He's so good. Um, not Chris Tucker. I right. want to see CeeLo Green. CeeLo Green. Yeah. Intriguing. Yeah, yeah. Does it have to be a black guy? No, not at all. Because. Uh... I just, I just was trying to imagine them all together, and I thought that would actually be quite interesting. I am going to go for M Night Shyamalan. No, <laughs> <laughs> this is, if M Night Shyamalan directed this, he would be this role, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah. No, he'd, he'd play be, the hotel. 
Oh, yeah. Well, he'd believe this role and the hotel, yeah. And instead of all the Indian things, it would just be pictures of his face. Every window would have his face reflected in it as he went past. Every single one. I'm going with someone really boring because I can't. It's such a hard part to cast who plays so perfectly. Someone who can do that weird sidekick and still be charming and also a bit sinister, Steve Buscemi. Okay. Steve Buscemi. Well, okay. I don't so, think it's a great choice. I might let's, be... let's think about this, because obviously now it's affected by choices one and two. Well, interestingly, as well, Marek's gone for someone in Boardwalk Empire that he already knows you know, you watch and like. So it oh. might have been tactical. Oh, you're right, Marek. What do you say in response Actually, to Actually, I'll go for Michael Shannon instead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing it to Michael Shannon. And the dragon from How to Train Your Dragon. Toothless? <laughs> yeah, Toothless. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. Well, so is it official? Your final answer is Michael Shannon. Yeah, I think it's more interesting. Michael Shannon, okay. and I'm I'm sticking with. Well, in that Green. case, I'm afraid. See, Michael Shannon. Don't be is afraid. It's, I know it's a difficult oh, choice. No. But don't it's worry. a scary movie. <laughs> it is That's a scary afraid. movie. Oh, Michael no. Shannon is Michael Shannon is terrific, but is, he's too sinister, is he not? Like, he's he too far. Scatman like... Crothers has to be a sort of. He's got an ethereal side, but he is the sort of nice uncle. I think Michael Shannon could play nice. It'd be a good casting because what Scatman Crothers plays that nice uncle, but also there's something otherworldly about him as well. But CeeLo Green could sing the theme tune. CeeLo Green's a (laughs) shit ass choice. (laughs) CeeLo Green is a controversial choice. I've no idea if he can do it. I would find it interesting. I'm afraid I have to go with CeeLo Green. Yeah! Because Michael Shannon is just. Michael Shannon is. Would be such a good shout to play Jack. You know, that's that's yeah. the thing. I think he'd be better for that. He'd Would I have one if you said Steve, if I said Steve Buscemi? No, because he looks too similar to my, uh, to to uh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Eddie Murphy. I'm in as the donkey in Shrek. Yeah. Um, okay. Richard Blackwood <laughs> as the donkey in Shrek. Now, <laughs> the, um, the stage version. The stage version. <laughs> Well, there we go. That's that's the shining for you, Hollywood. You're welcome. Right. Um, we have, as ever, or not as ever, as we used to, asked our guests to bring in a movie to talk about. And the yeah. movie you pr- pricked. <laughs> Sorry. What? Yeah, yeah, was, you, yeah you prick. That <laughs> <laughs> was Freudian. I'm Freudian. I apologize. I don't think that makes it any better. <laughs> um, I, was, I, I just said what was on my unconscious mind. You, 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 you colossal Now, um, Come on, stop being a prick, Humphrey. No. The movie you picked, dickhead, was <laughs> the movie I picked was Any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday. Touchdown. Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. Film man. TD to the Miami Sharks. Um. So, uh, can you explain what this is to anyone who hasn't heard? So, it? if anyone hasn't seen this movie, it's great. It's basically the reason why I love it is that it, it combines my two favorite genres into one film. It is a war film that's dressed up. That's turned up to a party dressed as a sports film. Um. It's kind of. Uh, it's about. The uh, trials and tribulations of Al Pacino, who it plays a coach, a kind of a former great who uh, is a bit washed up, and he's been given a sort of last chance to try and resurrect the fortunes of slightly crummy uh, team, uh, the Miami Sharks, second tier team at the beginning of the film. Yeah, yeah, they're not expected to sort of do terribly well, uh, and he's been brought in really because he works very well with an aging quarterback played by Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Exactly, um, who uh, then destroys his shoulder in sort of game one of the season, and he has to work with the, the unproven, cocky backup. Third uh, quarterback. Third, the third string. The third string. Yeah, the second one comes in and gets immediately annihilated in the same yeah. game as well. 
um, called Steeman Willie Beeman, uh, played by young Jamie Foxx. He's one of like, the first thing I sort of am aware of. Yeah, him, yeah, he was he's excellent. His, his breakout movie, he's incredible. It's just full of brilliant acting. Also, it's like everyone is amazing. Yeah, Cameron Diaz is, is in it very briefly. She's amazing. She's the owner of the club. Uh, icy rich bitch owner of the. But club. then it's got James Woods is like their uh, chief physician yeah. and um, Matthew uh, Modine. Matthew yeah. Modine is his number. He's uh, sort of uh, right hand man. Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart yeah. is um, their. I don't know what you call it. The offensive guy. coordinator. That's the one. And then um, you've got uh, John C. McGinley is the yeah. press guy in it, and yeah, yeah. yeah, loads of great people. Cast is amazing, brilliant yeah. cast, brilliant, brilliant cast. LL Cool J, is yes, it? yeah, yeah, he plays the one of the one of the defensive running. Defensive he's a running back. He's a running back. Running back. And there's also two American football stars as well. Lawrence Taylor plays a defensive uh, linebacker, and uh, Jim Brown, who was one of the greatest running backs of all time, plays. The, the coach it's He's interesting been, because I was Jim Brown's about am, this Jim Brown's amazing because uh, they um, Oliver Stone contacted the NFL and wanted to use the real names of the teams and the N- NFL refused mm-hmm. for okay. God only knows why probably money is probably the reason yeah, exactly. but so why they're all fictional teams so the Miami Sharks and then they play I think now the Knights who yeah. are from the Dallas Knights at Dallas the end Knights there's something Emperors of Chicago there's like two Knight teams aren't there no there's the Knights and there's the Americans is who they're is playing at the right. beginning em- the Emperors Emperors yeah and the Chicago Rhinos they play yeah the Rhinos yeah yeah but um, apparently um, N- the NFL tried to discourage and stop real American footballers from being in the film yeah it's probably a big money thing but it does you know it doesn't suffer from it. No, it's it, it kind of captures the whole thing very well, and and uh, it's just it's just a cracking, it's just a great fun movie. If you like sports movies, which I do, and as I say, if you like war movies, because that's what it kind of well, it's shot. You know, it feels like it's a sort of. There's lots of kind of collisions with explosions over the top, almost. Yeah. Not as crass as that sounds, but you know. Kind yeah, of like, yeah. Shoo! There's some incredible. You know. There's some. There's some fantastic stuff where they shoot some of the. There's an incredible sequence in a night game in the rain. Uh, where it's shot in such a way that it's very dimly lit on the on the pitch, it looks like it's sort of the Western Front or something. Yeah, like that. It's yeah. Wet and it's muddy, and yeah, as you say, people crash into each other, and just you know the sound design on the whole thing. They must have had so much fun just being like well, <sighs> the editing as well. I mean, there are so many cuts. Like mm. it, it, it's 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 really quite interesting. I think it does work. There are many films where that doesn't. It's just yeah. like just hold on it I'm not getting bored you yeah. don't need to worry there are over 3,000 cuts in this film and it just during conversations they'll just cut to something else and then back and just like yeah. and it's almost it becomes almost abstract at times it's very dynamic yeah yeah it feels like a real it's a 360 vision of the sport so you get the owner's perspective yeah. all the characters are fully developed you've got loads and loads of stories everyone's got the, like, the old the old champion uh, the old quarterback worried about his injuries a new guy being really cocky losing respect to his teammates all, all the egos and they're genuinely the, sort of like oh god what's going to happen with the, um, the star, defensive, the, the star player. defensive player who who has an injury yeah, where, all the doctors whether they should report yeah, how, they, go, they go you know it's still your call but if you're hit wants the wrong way you could die um, and yeah. I'm sure this happens all the time in the game you know it's, there's a, I mean a lot, there's a, it shows that side of American football well, I'm a big fan of it in, in real life but a lot of the, uh, the San Diego Chargers a lot of their team committed suicide because of the amount of concussions and brain injuries you get and I think this sort of has a nod to the physical mm, injuries yeah, yeah. which isn't necessarily reflected in 
in the sport itself. They're obsessed with all the winners and what's great. You don't hear about all these linebackers and uh, players who, who commit yeah. suicide. And there's a whole load of them who shot themselves in the heart because they wanted their brains to be um, investigated Blood because of hell. the actual concussion. Like Jim Kelly, the old, old Buffalo Bills quarterback from yeah. the 90s, um, apparently would say to his wife, you know, should we go and watch that film and not realise they'd seen the film before, the night, yeah. you know, a week before. Because of the concussion. Because of the concussion issues, and when you listen to the games, I I watch this Game Pass thing uh, where you see all the games on live. Um, they have all the sound and all the in camera, all the hits. The hits of the head on head head collisions with the helmets are incredible. The amount of force and the size the of these ones people. When the helmet just pops off, as well. yeah, yeah, it's just like, huge, huge injury. Force. The injuries are because um, you're massive on American football. And yeah, you're big on American sports. Yeah, I'm more of a baseball fan probably. But yeah, I, 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 you know, I know the rules of American football. I'd not been before, but American. I went to Wembley. On yeah, a couple Sunday. of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, to see the Vikings against the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Did Go you enjoy Vikings. it? I did. It was amazing. It was really, really it's, good. It's a hell of a pageant. That's the other thing that I think they capture really well in this movie is that like one of the things that American sport is all about entertainment all the time. Yeah. There's a brilliant statistic that apparently in an American football game, there's only on average about 12 minutes of actual play. The rest of it is spent sort of, uh, you know, the clock keeps ticking when they're moving the chains and all this yeah, kind of yeah. yada, yada, yada. But they never let you at any moment get bored. You know, the cheer- cheerleading, I, I read a thing that the other day, cheerleading came in sort of the 1920s I think cheerleaders arrived for the first time and everyone thought it was like a one-off thing it was like a one-off kind of uh, and there were articles written in sort of you know august newspapers in the United States saying like this is a tawdry sideshow and now it's a massive part of you know that now bring it on you know lest we forget one of the greatest movies ever about about the cheerleading phenomenon Uh, Eliza Dushku indeed Um, what's her name Dunstow my great crush uh, of my teenage years um, I mean, still would, obviously, if you're listening, Kirsten. Um, the... She stopped listening one episode ago. <laughs> Can you imagine? She was she really disappointed by our 100th episode. Yeah. She reached 100 and was like, that's it, I'm done. I'm done now. Um, they still yeah. haven't talked about melancholy, or I'm done. It's, um, it, I think it's an extraordinary movie. It captures all of that. It's like it's thrilling, it's visceral. And Al Pacino is a central performance. He's just brilliant. It's He's unreal. got that one speech that yeah. it's slightly embarrassing to admit, but why, not? why the hell not? Um, um, we are in a sketch group called the Penny Dreadfuls Humphrey and I and uh, our technician Neil hello Neil if you're listening used to before shows sometimes play the speech from Al Pacino mm. as a sort of sarcastic warm up for us yeah, it always, before going know, into battle I would always be like sure lame uh, couple, you know stupid it's just like a bit of fun but I would listen to it and be like oh my god oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> it's such <laughs> a good speech it's, it's incredible it so it's like I'm a real sucker for that and it is like it's like something out of you know, it is a very modern, kind of macho, aggressive chunk of like Henry V or something like that. It's 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 like a it's a beautiful piece of writing, and it's you know it's been the clips on YouTube and it's been watched millions and millions of times yeah. because it's just like one of the great. It's interesting though, isn't it? Like, I mean, American sport it seems to be far more team based, even though it's based on the individual one skill of each person. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you made, um, it's why I don't think. Um, football you know soccer films mm. quite live up to it because they are far more certainly culturally if not you know actually uh, focused on the individual like if we if it was all about the coach of a thing i know think like the damned united is because it's yeah. a particularly interesting story of one man's success and failure or whatever but 
you wouldn't quite believe that they were all on his side and he yeah. was calling the shots because also, it isn't quite like, like that. Football, as in American football, is is a, a brilliantly cinematic sport. Like yeah, the way it's structured, the way you know it, it's thrown along with three seconds left. Well, just you the know, fact watch, that that is part of the game. It live that yeah. the, the commentator the game live, telling yeah. you the, what's at stake at every mm. point of the game, whereas in football, football match, all American like, sport, very clever. That you there always has to be a winner. There can be no ties. And also, the clock counts down in American sport. Whereas yeah. the clock counts up, you know, and, and it is open to interpretation at the end of the game. You know, there is injury time, there is extra time, and it's at the referee's discretion. So, of course, in the great, great football movies, Soccer Dog, that's it. Um, and Escape to Victory. Know, and Escape to Victory. There, there are, you know, there are great, you know, there's fun football movies and things, but, but the joy of American football is you always, whether it's in Friday Night Lights, which is both the movie and the TV show which is sensational um, or an even Sunday or Rudy or um, I don't know like any one of a number of the replacements of a film I genuinely am really really fond of you know it it can always come down to that Hail Mary pass and and any even Sunday has got the best final game yeah, final yeah. play it's brilliant but it's like right. that watch, watching I watch America one single game pass watching every every Sunday and they show the last bits of all the games mm. and there's about 10 games on at any one time and guaranteed there'll be two or three that go right down to the last yeah, yeah. even when we watch the Vikings against the Steelers, Vikings, Steelers the last, exactly the last nine seconds it's really the the tension of the sport is and the way it looks, especially on, on camera, all different angles. Yeah, yeah. The camera know because the lineup's all the same. It's not like football; you have to follow the round. You know where they're setting up. You know yeah. some guys on the receiver following his route. Some guys on the quarterback. You've got the close-ups. That is made for yeah, TV. That weird, it looks brilliant. Flying drone camera that. Kept yeah, going yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's amazing. Um, interestingly, though, it, it's an Oliver Stone thing. I think, and Marek and I talked briefly about it before we started recording. Is that it doesn't know where to end. Like it ends yeah. and the match is great and you know what it means for everybody. You know because they've set it up so well. And then it has another scene after that of them talking in the deserted uh, stadium. And then it has another scene where Pacino is now walking through a corridor with all the press who apparently are still there even though the stadium's deserted. And then the film just continues over the credits. Like with mm. the credits all coming up with saying, you know, starring Cameron Diaz and uh, James Woods. And they have another scene that's potentially setting up a sequel. Is that cynical of me? Because uh, Pacino says he's retiring and going to another team. And he's also signed um, James Fox to his team. And they're yeah. like, what? And yeah, he marches yeah. out of there, you know, kind of thing. Uh, it's, it just keeps on going. It's a, It's got a bit of the Lord of the Ringsy at for, the end. For me, it felt like the precursor to Friday Night Nights. Because yeah. it feels... Uh, like it's more than a film. It feels oh, this is you can separate that. Into, you can make it episodic. It feels like a TV series because yeah. it's following all these different characters, and, yeah. and that's what it's like. I, I think it's wonderful. It's two and a half hours long, and that is a that is a long old film. But it, it I don't think it particularly feels like it. I, don't, I think it'd be better as that could be a series itself. That could be yeah. six episodes. Mm. And Al Pacino you watch that. as the head of a TV well, series my, would be amazing. Here's my problem with Al Pacino. Right, it's a separate on a tangent. When did he start raising his eyebrows the whole time? Because like in yeah. Godfather, he yeah. didn't raise his eyebrows at all. He was much better. And Dog Day Afternoon, he didn't do it. You know, he didn't. He had a normal face. Now everything I'm watching him in, I don't know what day it was. He's permanently surprised. Yeah. And I don't like it. Do you think he's had work done? He's I had reverse Botox, so he's got sort of hyperactive forehead. Botox. But his, eye, his eyebrows always—he's got that look. Yeah. Constantly. That wasn't. He, that's why he looks completely. I try to get out of my head. Why does he look different from in the Godfather when he was quite good-looking and really brooding mm. and putting a 
a young almost Ryan a, Gosling almost, wasn't he? Yeah, a completely different actor in that mm. film. And now he's just his eyebrows are different. Yeah. Someone tell, tell me. Maybe he was trying to was become the polar opposite of uh, Robert De Niro, who scrunches up his eyes all the time. You know, looks down he was face. trying to become the end of the scale, so he was wide eyes. Um, yeah, maybe. Incidentally, have you guys? You surely, Merrick, have watched Friday Night Lights TV show. Yeah, I started watching it. I got a bit bored of it. Didn't like it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Merrick's a constant disappointment like that. He is, isn't he? I'm more of a, I love. I'm. I don't really like TV. I like films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Again, when I go on TV Fandango, that's what I'm going to be taking on. TV Fandango. We hate those guys. <laughs> right, big rivals: TV and video games. Fandango. It's Tom. Tom Tuck. And Tom Bell. It's Tom Duck and Tom Bell. And Steve Hall. Oh. And then <laughs> that's that's the video games one. And then the TV one is Greg and me. Yeah. How's that going? You it's going really well. It's going. I, I contribute nothing. We just can't stop getting commissioned. Yeah. Everything you touch turns to gold. Well, on that bombshell, um, that's the uh, end of this episode. We'll be back next week. With yet further films, uh, so thank you for coming on, Humphrey. Well, I won't yeah, be back next. Thank week. You. No, you won't. Is there anything you want to plug at all? Or... Uh, please, everyone, sign the petitions. Get Dread made a sequel. <laughs> Great. Yeah, do that, um, and we'll be back. If you'd like to get in touch about anything, then you can email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail dot com, or go on our Facebook page forward slash filmfandango, or tweet us at filmfandango. Or if you want to donate to the running cost of this show, then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the link from there. We're very grateful if you've done that already, and if you, you. you haven't, please do it. All right, we'll be back next week. Keep watching Watch the films. Films. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.